thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, do want to remind everyone that life is better in small groups. Uh, transformation happens in small groups. Uh, great things life. It does happen in groups. And uh, we encourage you that if you're not in a small group already, uh, to get in one. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can find a volunteer over at Guest Services before you leave today. And if you're online, just comment below groups, and uh, we will get in touch with you if you'd like to join a small group. And uh, you can see what's happening now. We're getting to the point where kids are coming on Saturdays, and we need to have lessons for them in the back now. And uh, that has never been done before, I don't believe, in uh, Saturday nights. And uh, that's an awesome thing that kids are coming on Saturday nights to church. Amen? Yeah, yeah. clap for that. Yeah, amen. That's an awesome thing that kids are going to be here Saturday nights, and uh, we can do that starting uh, tonight. And it happened on a whim, and <laughs> that's really cool. So uh, let's get into a couple of dates to know. Uh, these are in the bulletins. Uh, if you uh, have any questions about that, you can find me after service. Uh, we will start with a new group that's coming up September 12th. Uh, a new women's study is coming. Uh, there on the screen, Armor of God uh, by Priscilla Sh- uh, Shire. I think that's how you say her name. It's a long name, weird name. You can find out more info at this back table behind this first section of chairs. Uh, a lot of people have signed up already, but you can sign up and reserve your spot and a book. And uh, Connie will get in touch with you uh, before the group starts September 12th. These are Tuesdays at 6.30. I uh, want to bring up Journey students. Uh, we are relaunching uh, here in just a few weeks, and I'm very excited. And I did want to kind of do a brief breakdown of uh, what is going to be happening because there are a lot of changes that are going to be taking place for good, I believe. And uh, I hope and pray that this school year we have an awesome uh, year to uh, minister to our students. So uh, Journey students, we've done one meeting time during the week. We've done Sundays, we've done Thursdays, we've done Tuesdays. Uh, we're going back to Sunday nights. And uh, you can throw this first one, yeah, you can throw that up there. Sundays, 6 to 8 at Journey Church. We're kicking off September 17th. And uh, if you have any questions about that, if you're a parent, uh, you can contact me and I'll get you any info that you might need. Uh, but did want to talk about these two times because... Some people were asking me this past week about the times, and uh, I feel like I should explain a little bit. Sunday nights are going to be called Connect, and I think we have a graphic up there of Connect. If not, that's totally fine. Yeah, there it is, Connect. Uh, Sunday nights are going to be called Connect, and we're going to be doing a lot of Bible study. We're going to be digging into God's Word and uh, just connecting with God and connecting with each other, and that's going to be the purpose of our Sunday nights. But starting September 28th, we're going to be doing what I'm calling Level Up, and it's every other Thursday uh, here at the church from 6 to 8 p.m., and uh, this is going to be the fun side of youth ministry uh, with events that the kids will enjoy, that they can bring their friends to. It's, it's more focused on the fun stuff, but we still get to have a great time connecting together, and uh, it gives them a little bit of a break in the middle of the week as they are going through school and sports and other things that are happening in their home life. And uh, just a chance for them to connect here every other Thursday starting September 28th. So I did want to clarify that a little bit. But I do want to bring this up. TCTC, uh, Tennessee Christian Teen Convention, is an organization that has been doing this for the past 25 years. Uh, They host a weekend in Gatlinburg every single year in January. And uh, this year it happens to be January 5th through the 7th. And uh, we're planning to go. 
and I'm very excited. And this is for grades 6 through 12, so middle and high school students. If you would like to reserve your spot, here's a little bit of information, and then you can find me for more questions. Uh, Registration cost is only $70. It's not a whole lot compared to other trips that we've done before. Uh, But for some reason, if you have any issues with money, if you have any questions about fundraising or anything like that, uh, come find me. I've already had two or three people come to me willing to sponsor children who can't afford to go on this trip. And uh, that's awesome because I did not ask these people. They came to me and said, hey, we love our kids, and uh, there's no reason a kid should ever not go on a trip because they can't afford it. Amen? There should always be a way that kids can afford to go on these trips. So, uh, registration $70. We're going to be looking at hotels and cabins in Gatlinburg, and I'll put that out uh, when it's closer to time. But if you would like to reserve your spot, uh, I can set you up on a deposit schedule, payment schedule, until uh, we go for the trip in January. So, did want to push that out there. So, if you've got a 6th through 12th grader or a couple of kids in that age range, uh, find me before you leave today, and I'd love to talk to you about taking them on TCTC uh, to Gatlinburg. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're in a series called Forward Thinking. Uh, We're talking about finding our focus tonight. Sometimes our vision gets a little blurry. Uh, If you're like me, someone who wears contacts, who is almost legally blind, really, um, sometimes vision problems get tough. Say tough. And when we don't have our vision straight, when we don't have our focus set, especially on God, especially on Jesus and his church, uh, things get a little blurry in life. And so tonight we're going to be talking about finding our focus. But before we get started, I'd like to say a prayer over tonight's message. Would you bow with me, please? Father, right now I pray uh, for tonight's message that, just like the countdown was saying a minute ago, it really is all about you here tonight. There's a lot of different things happening in not just the lives of people in this room with trips for youth groups and kids meeting in the back for the first time on a Saturday night service to a message that's going to be given here in just a moment about finding focus. There's a lot of things happening, and even in our own personal lives, God, that we have struggles and uh, we have mistakes and things that we're trying to learn and grow through this life. And uh, right now I pray that we would just set those things aside and just focus on you because it really is all about you here tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Here we go. Everybody grab your Bible or you're going to look on the screen. We're in the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul is the author. We're going to talk about this letter he wrote to the church at Ephesus. We're in chapter 1 and last weekend we introduced this series by getting started looking at the first 10 verses and last week's takeaway was about this. When you know who you are, you know what to do. And so last weekend I covered the part where I said you guys are included. You're not left out any longer. You're invited to the party because of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Say everything. You are invited to the Jesus party. That was last week, Ephesians chapter 1, first 10 verses. 
Also said that you are a blended, you're a blended sheep into the sheepfold with the good shepherd who is Jesus. You may not be cashmere, you might be synthetic wool, but you're still wool, honey, and you are in the family because of Jesus. So, no matter what kind of holes that you might have in your little sweater that represents you, the moths are eating me alive. Well, don't worry about that. Jesus is bigger. Say amen. He is bigger. And we also said because of Jesus, first 10 verses, chapter 1, book of Ephesians, that you have been redeemed. So God purchased us, got us out of sin, got us out of our mess in life, and uh, because of that, we're included, blended, and saved by the blood of Jesus, and Jesus changes everything. That's the first ten verses. So let me tell you where we go the next part of chapter one, tonight and tomorrow. We're going to talk about what Paul said to brand new Jesus followers after he just explained to them that they're invited to the party and and they're uh, blended into the family, and their sins are taken care of because of Jesus on the cross, Paul says, what's next for new Jesus followers who just joined Jesus' family? And he begins to pray this prayer that we're going to read in just a second. And I'm, I pray it for you guys. I pray it for myself. We're going to look at these few verses in chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, part of 19. When you find out who you are and you know what to do, and you're a brand new Jesus follower, or you are a reconnected Jesus follower, a sheep that walked away from the sheepfold and began to wander, and now you came back. What's next? What's Paul pray about for the church and for you and I whenever that happens to us? He prays that we might, we might know God, not just some polite handshake, you say you know people, I can tell real quick whether you really know somebody. If you walk up and you just wrap your arms around them and got some big old slobber kiss on their cheek, you know that person. That's that kind of connection that God wants us to have with him. Not just some kind of polite little handshake like yes sir, no sir kind of stuff. So after you discover who you are and what you're supposed to do, and that you're in the family, Paul begins to pray that we who are now in the family will discover and know God in an intimate way, not just some kind of polite, casual way that we know a lot of other people. And then he asks that we might be able to see the things that God actually wants us to see. Many of you tell me this all the time. I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see I'm going to get out of this. I don't see I, I don't see how God's going to take care of this. I just don't see it. God wants to help you see it. Whether it's grief or whether it's your finances or whether it's your confidence or you've got some kind of health issue people are trying to help you with, 
The thing that happens next, Paul prays for, and we're going to read it here in just a second. Paul helps us understand more deeply who God is, and he helps us begin to see the kind of things that he wants us to see. Write this down. After you're in the family with God, do you know what you're doing? Good question. Do you really know what the heck you're doing? And again, let me answer it with you. A lot of us struggle after we meet Jesus in finding our real focus of what we're supposed to be doing next. So if you're taking notes, write this down. What should we strive for? What do we need most after Jesus? Paul's going to answer that. These few verses, 15, 16, 17, 18, and part of 19. And he's going to answer that with these two areas I just described. Knowing Jesus, knowing God, better than just a polite handshake. And actually figuring out what it is that God wants us to see that's bigger than us. So here you go. Two things, finding a focus, what we need most, what we should be striving for. Pray for a sharper image when knowing Jesus Christ. Write that down, fill in the blank, look on the screen. If you guys are home sticking this out with us and worshiping with us, these are the two takeaways. After we know who we are, then we know what to do. We know we're in the family, we're blended into the family, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and then God's prayer for us through the Apostle Paul is this picture of trying to clear up what it means to be in a relationship with God through Jesus. When things get a little fuzzy because you've been going to the wrong church or you've not been going to any church or you haven't been going to church for a long time, you need things to get cleared up a bit so let's read it here we go verse 15 chapter 1 Paul writes he's the author and he says for this reason ever since I heard about your faith you knew Jesus followers in Ephesus in the church in Ephesus ever since I heard about your your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your Love for all the saints. He wants to make sure that now that we are in the family and that we're learning more about Jesus, that we know what we're doing now that we're in the family. Verse 15. So ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Who are you praying for right now? Well, there was this guy that I remember. He got baptized on Easter, but he hadn't been back for a while. We'll pray about that guy. Or you pick up that guy or that girl because that's what we just read. After you're in the family, after you find out that God is for you and not against you, then the prayer is that we should be praying for people is that they begin to understand better, more deeply, who God is and who Jesus is and that their vision that gets a little fuzzy at times, might become more clear. So pick somebody right now in your own brain. You got Billy. You and I have been talking about your buddy Billy. So you keep praying for Billy. 
Billy's going to make a Jesus decision one of these days in that tub or somewhere in a swimming pool or somewhere in a river, but it's going to happen. You pray for him. You guys pick out somebody like Paul's describing here that ever since I heard about how, how you really have this faith in God and the Lord Jesus Christ and that, that you love people, love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks about that and remembering you in my prayers. So pray specifically about a person. I keep asking in your prayer for this person, whoever it is, Maybe it's your granddaughter. Maybe they just got baptized. All right, well, you pray for them. You pray for them because they're brand new. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you and them who are new in Jesus, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him not just as your Savior, but you might know Him and what He's calling us to do even better. Say amen. That's lousy. Say amen. amen. Yeah, you guys get involved here. Get engaged here. Don't just sit there. Pick somebody that you know who's a new Jesus follower or they used to be new and now they've been gone for a while and you pray for them specifically today before you go to sleep tonight you pray by name for that person like Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. You give thanks that they made a Jesus decision and that they love God and they love people. And then you continue to pray for them that their eyes might be opened wider that they could see what God's got in store for them next. That's what we pray about. And that's what Paul describes. He describes how important it is that we get a sharper image for knowing Jesus, and if your image is pretty sharp, you pray for somebody else's image that's not very clear, whose image might become blurry over time. So, Brian said a minute ago that he's nearly legally blind, wears heavy contacts. All right, well, probably all of us have some kind of vision problem. Nearsighted, you can see up close, but you can't see very far away, or... Maybe you can see far away and you, and you can't see up really close. You can get reader glasses or you can have surgery or you can wear contacts or wear glasses or regular glasses. But we need some help sometimes with our vision physically. Some of you have diseases that have really wrecked havoc on your vision. And so you have to go get shots and medication and try to watch what you eat and try everything you can because... We've got to have some way to see. We've got to have some kind of vision if possible. And that's what this is about. Not just physical, though, but spiritual as well. Verse 17, the Bible urges us to look beyond the things that we, that we can notice, like our bank account. You might be blind as a bat, but you probably know if you're broke anyway. You might not be able to read the numbers, but you can probably see enough to say, I'm bankrupt and I don't have any money in the bank. So... Don't just pray about things that are obvious, like I need some money, or I need to be married, or I need a retirement fund. Pray for this sharper focus. That's what people really need. They're going to ask you to pray about their bank account, but you start praying for them. What they really need is to have a sharper focus about who Jesus is. That's what you need to pray about. Pick their name, and you pray for them before you go to bed at night. John chapter 17, verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life 
that they may know you, know Jesus, know God, the only true God and the Jesus Christ and the Savior whom you have sent. So do you know what you know? And do you see what you really need to see? Is what Paul is asking the church in Ephesus, and I'm asking you guys the same question. Do you really know what you're supposed to know? If you love Jesus, and that's where you started, and you're here tonight, or you're online with us, or you're going to catch this later, do you know what you really need to know, and do you see what you really need to see? John chapter 17 says that those who know God and His Son Jesus have this forever home in heaven, and those who don't know Him don't have a seat on the bus. Now, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> Do you know what you need to know and do you see what you really need to see? John 17, the Bible says, those of us who know God as our, our Father and Jesus as our Savior, we have a forever home. Great! Well, a lot of your friends don't know that and they don't see that and they don't have a seat on the bus. And you should be praying about that. You should be praying for your family and your neighbor and the stranger and if you're and all of us, if you're not careful, you don't have to be blind. You can just you can get so distracted with all the worries of this life, your vision gets all messed up. Say amen? Yeah, heck yeah, guys. Come on. You might have 2020. I don't know. Maybe you don't need any glasses at all. I don't know what your vision's like, but I'm telling you, sometimes even with 2020, you you kind of get all you just get all distracted. So knowing Jesus personally is not an option. You've got to help other people know him, not just know about him. That's what we're praying for. That's what Paul was praying for, that for all people, especially those who were new in the church, the Hebrew word here for know, K-N-O-W, is in the Hebrew a word which describes intimacy, like physical intimacy between a husband and a wife. If you're Mr. Polite, handshake with God kind of person, you don't know God like that. Oh, the church is going to fall in if I walk into the building. I ain't wearing them kind of clothes. I don't look good in them kind of clothes. If you don't know God, the Father, the good, good Father, and Jesus, our Savior, in a way that we can describe it as intimacy, are you intimate with God and with Jesus, your Savior? And if you're not, you need to grow your understanding. Amen? Man, is that not the truth. God's not just wanting to, you know, good to see you this morning, Brother John. Shake your hand and you walk away. Not, He wants to hug you, man. He wants to hang all over you, man. He wants to have a relationship with you like he really means it. And, and we've got to grow that relationship. It's not automatic. Not just something, you know, it's not just something casual. It's more than just holding hands. You remember your first date? 51 years, congratulations, Gary Slade. Yep, I miss her too, and you miss her more. 51 years. You remember your first date? Yeah. 
I, a handshake wasn't good enough. I want to go farther than a handshake, I'm telling you right now. My problem was we got to stop here pretty quick because, you know, this ain't what God had in mind. We get that. We understand that when it comes to friendships and relationships. When you have a child that's born and it's your child, you can't keep your hands off that child. I don't care if it's a fat baby or a skinny baby or a black baby or a white baby. It's your baby. You can't keep your hands off that child because you love that child now. That's the kind of intimacy and relationship that I'm talking about. That's how God wants us to grow after we figured out that we are in the family. We're invited to the Jesus party. We're blended into the family. Even if you're not a cashmere sweater, you're, you're sheep in Jesus' sheepfold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been redeemed. What's next is that your eyes get wider and brighter for God. And knowing God better. And it may take you the rest of your life to do it, but it's worth doing. Amen? Yeah, get on the bus. The people in church at Ephesus that Paul's praying for, verse 15, 16, and 17, he says he prays daily about that. That these people will they'll search for the truth of God and make it their passion and their their interest, not just a working knowledge about God. We all know stuff about Jesus and about God and probably know enough that we're not going to go to hell if we made a Jesus decision and got baptized. But we need to know a lot more stuff about God to have a deeper relationship with Him and with Jesus. There are more people coming back to the church since the pandemic than have in the last three years, online and in person. Churches are seeing more people. We are too. But here's the struggle for that. There's only about 30% of them really engaged in the mission of the church. They're not in small groups, and they're not volunteering at churches. Look up here. That's your problem. You better pray about it. That's us. They know enough to figure out who Jesus is, and we might have even baptized them. But they don't have their eyes wide enough to figure out that the, what's next in their life is that they know God intimately like you would know another woman if you're a man or if you're married to this person. I don't know. Connie and I had our 51st wedding anniversary in July. God is good. I'm not very good at all, but God has blessed me. We've, I'm blessed better than I deserve. and Probably you can say the same thing. But I can tell you right now, she's back there. She won't hear this till tomorrow. 
when I started dating her, I was obsessed with her. And I hope I never quit. That's what God wants out of us. He didn't want you just to have a date and have a baptism and go to somebody's church at Easter. And that's it. He wants more than that. He wants us to become obsessed with knowing Jesus and knowing God. And people who are obsessed with God clearly have an intimate, healthy, growing and you probably would describe a fanatic relationship with God. People will look at us who go to church on Saturday and call us a bunch of nuts. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But Jesus warned us that you're not going to talk your way into heaven's door. You'd better know what you're talking about. You'd better know God. More than just I got wet and I got baptized in the river. You better know more than that. Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you, fellow, lady. Away from me, you evildoers. It is harsh, and it is pretty stout. And I'm not trying to bring it up and make anybody feel bad. Most of us are pretty exhausted by the end of the week already. I'm not trying to mess you up with all the struggles that you already have in your life. But I'm just trying to give you the truth here. Jesus taught us the truth. And we need to sharpen our image of what a Jesus follower is really all about. And we have to know God in a more intimate way. We have to be obsessed with God and His mission on earth more than our own. And we have to really know more about this Jesus who is our Savior and what He wants us to volunteer, time, talent, and treasure in some way to serve His church while we're here on earth. We can't just get inoculated with Jesus, guys, like a five-day Z-Pack. Don't give me the 14-day one. I don't want the 14-day antibiotic because it messes up my stomach, and then I can't eat what I want to eat. So we go to the doctor, and we tell the doctor what we want. Give me the five-day. Give me the Z-Pack. Give me the five-day so it's done. Jesus is not a five-day antibiotic that you can say, just give me the five-day. I'll be there, but I can't come next time. That's not good enough. And so it's not an easy button. It's not an easy thing. But I'm telling you, we got to pray for new people who follow Jesus, and then we don't see them for a while. Pray that every day, pray that we can help them sharpen their image about what it means to know Jesus and what that really is all about. So they might become an expert at knowing God better. We are experts in a lot of things. Help them become an expert at knowing God better. Say amen. Number two, I only got two. Pray for a clearer picture when it comes to developing their own spiritual vision. That's what Paul says. Pray that you know God intimately, be obsessed with God and Jesus, His Son and our Savior, and then that you find your mission. What is your purpose? What did God design you to do? What is God calling you to do?
What can you do to help the church? How can you volunteer your time, talent, and treasure? Paul says pray about that kind of stuff for new Christians. Verse 18 and 19, Ephesians chapter 1. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. So, I got one good eye and one weaker eye. Everybody's probably got a weaker eye. Some of you only got one eye. <laughs> you done lost vision in the other one. And I don't, I don't mean that to sound funny, but it does happen. So, anyway, most of us got one eye that's stronger than the other. And what he wants us to do is to sharpen the vision in both our eyes. Uh, whichever one it is, whether you're nearsighted or farsighted, whatever kind of thing that troubles you, whatever it is, whether you can't see things up close or far away, what, whatever might have happened, I think he wants us to improve our vision, and he begins to pray about this in verse 18. Look at verse 18. The prayer is for a clear picture that we really see what God wants us to see. That's what we're praying for. I don't see it. Well, then keep praying for someone who just doesn't see what God wants them to see. That's the prayer that we pray. Verse 19, um, help other people. Matthew 13, 13, though seeing, they do not see, though hearing, they do not hear or understand. So a lot of people just can't see it because they're in the darkness. And we are supposed to be the light of the world. So help other people see. Ask them how they're doing. Especially if they're a new Jesus person, new Jesus follower. I just went and got my eye exam. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've done this for so long now. And I hate going to the eye doctor because I... I don't want to change my glasses or my contacts or anything. So, And he turns that light out. My, my, my ophthalmologist, he'll turn that light out. And I know what's coming because I've taken the eye exam so many times. I'm going to read the, you know, the eye chart on the wall that's back there. So when I get in there and sit down while he's still fiddling on his computer, I'm over there memorizing. I'm memorizing the lines because I'm trying to tell him that I can really see it. Heck, I can't see. I, he knows what I'm doing. And, and I'm telling you. Sometimes we need an eye adjustment because you're faking it with Jesus, and he knows it already. Oh, I memorized John 3.16. I, I know God loves the world, and he loves me. You're faking it. That's what we do because we've been through this before. I've been to churches. Oh, yeah, I've been to a lot of churches. You're telling me. I've been to every church. I've said every prayer. God wants you to wake up. He wants you to begin seeing the things that he wants you to see, not what you want to see. And sometimes you need to change your glasses. Thank goodness I, I, I did. I got to keep the same contacts. And he says, I think you'll be all right. And then he threw out the bomb. He says, but you know cataracts are coming. <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah, you know that's coming. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you guys, you guys who are home, you're like, okay, I got it. 
Sometimes we can see marvelous until you can't. And you get cataracts. Like your wife died or your husband died or your kid's in some kind of drug clinic somewhere. Or... And then you can't see a thing. And we're in some kind of stage of denial. I don't need church. I don't need Jesus. I don't need a sermon. I think you do. I think we all do. Myself included. Verse 18, Paul says, Pray this prayer that the eyes of our heart can be opened. The word enlightened in the Greek is from where we get photo, photo photography in the English. Jesus is he's wanting to illuminate like a floodlight so that we might see better the things that he really wants us to see. So know God, what's next? And sharpening your focus. Know God more than a polite handshake and get to know Him intimately, obsessed with Him like you are with your girlfriend when you first met her and had the first date. And then ask God to let you sharpen your focus enough that you can see what it is that you were made to do. Do you really know what you were made to do for God? Well, pray about it until you do. Pray about it until you got that really clear. And then help other people. Shine your light in really dark places. Go everywhere that you can take the light of the world, which is you, the good news. Go to soccer games, guys, but don't just sit there and talk about the referee. Go to soccer games and look for an opening where you can actually talk about how Jesus helped you to see things more clearly. Go to football games. Go to picnics. Go to barbecues. Go ride your motorcycle. Go everywhere that people are at that don't know that are in the dark. And shine your light. And help them to see what you now have discovered. Because your eyes have gotten wider and brighter and bigger. And the light's been shined on you. So shine that light on others. Bottom line, let me wrap this up. Here's the bottom line. The question is, Paul wants to know, chapter 1, God wants to know, do we all illuminate a room when we enter in that room, or does it just get dimmer all the time? That's a good question. We talk about the world being darkened, how dark the world is today. Probably it's because the church let their light go out. Yeah, we're like the lightning bug who let it go out. Light up it. Light it up again. Light up the Jesus light in our world. Illuminate a room when you walk in. Jesus wants us to light up, light up the room with good news and good stuff. Keep it simple and keep it clear. Don't be fuzzy. What if the world really is darker because the, the church has dimmed its light? Brian, will you help me with the communion back there? Let's pass those plates uh, that have the communion in it. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 5. Jesus' words. We've heard them a lot of times. You are the salt of the earth, 
but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and praise God your Father. Turn it up. Turn on your lights. Turn it up to Jesus' light. Put the bread in your mouth. God, forgive us all when we were too embarrassed to represent you in public somewhere and we maybe tried to hide our light. Forgive us all. May we shine our Jesus light so people living in darkness can know that they're invited to together. Let me pray. God, I'm giving thanks for every person in the room tonight. Like Paul said, I give thanks when I find out that the people that came tonight, they love you and they love other people and they love everybody and they want everybody to know the good news. And for people online that are watching us tonight, I, I thank you for them too. I pray about their life and and that their light might shine brighter. But I also pray, God, that you will help us work work hard, work with you, that that we will do what we can in our effort to know you like, like someone that we love dearly. May we grow this relationship knowing you better, and may we also see more clearly what it is that Jesus has planned out for us to do with our talent and our treasure and our time to serve other people and serve you. Help us figure that out together. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop your communion in the little basket there, if you will, and uh, and put your tithe in the plate. And if you have some pocket change, you can drop that in the tithe jug before we leave. And we'll share that with somebody else. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. And let's sharpen our focus after we know who we are and we know what to do. Let's try to know God better and see more clearly what it is that he has got planned for all of us you guys who are home leave us a little note so that we know what you're doing there how to pray for you and you be the church like i said if you're at a football game or baseball game or soccer game or you're riding your motorcycle you tell other people you tell other people the good news about who jesus is and that he really is for everybody spread the word spread the good news see you next time these guys let's uh, stand here we'll see you soon.